Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Poison Root, Chapter 7 Midnight Congregation. Trip heard Victor's voice and followed the sound of screaming into the stable. He was nearly nose to nose with the stable hand, and they were yelling into each other's faces. And I'm telling you, this town owes me a horse. At least one, the old man shouted. He poked one bony finger into the stable hand's chest. Sir, I wasn't even born when you came to this town, and as I heard it, you rode off with a goodly portion of the treasury then anyway. It was a contract, like all the others, you spineless little runt. I am not going to just give you a horse, sir, and that is final. Trip cleared his throat in the small silence that followed. Standing out against his short white hair, Victor's face was beetroot purple. Victor looked sideways at him. Then he turned and threw his hands up in the air. Bah! Probably all dying of colic anyway. Come on, lad. The pack was lying on the ground a few yards away, abandoned in the heat of the argument. Trip shouldered the load and caught up with Victor, who had already started to head towards the other end of the town. Victor, something's wrong in this town. Look at this. He held up the dead leaf. It's a leaf from the church in the centre of the town. So? Victor, it's dead. The leaves of the arbour don't die. It's one of the first things we're taught. The blossom never stops blooming and the leaves never die and fall off like other trees. It's one of the ways we know that the arbour is special. So? Trip trotted up and stood in front of Victor, who tried to step round him. So this shouldn't happen, and everyone here is badly injured, and they don't care about the dead people in the farm. Listen, boy, Victor said, reaching out and plucking the leaf out of Trip's hand. This don't mean nothing to me, less than I can sell it and buy a horse. If you've got a point, make it. We need to find out what's going on in this town. It's like the tree is injured. Maybe it's bandits coming into town every night, or perhaps it's wild animals like Father Liam said. And maybe... Victor shouted, suddenly towering over Trip. Maybe it's just a dead leaf from another tree. Maybe you should keep your nose out of other people's business. Maybe, he said, letting his voice drop. Maybe. Maybe it's time to retire. For good. He turned and stalked off in the direction of the inn, crumbling the leaf in his hand and letting the pieces drift away. Trip watched him go, rooted to the spot by indecision and fear. It was dark by the time the boy plucked up the courage to find Victor. There were three people in the bar. A man in the corner of the room, his features obscured by a black cloak. The barman, his walrus moustache jiggling as he cleaned the bar top with a grimy cloth. And Victor, slouched by the fire in an overstuffed armchair. And a mug of ale sat on the table next to him. His eyes were closed. Trip padded up to him, his feet silent on the stained bearskin rug. I know you're there. Victor suddenly said. Trip carried on anyway and sat down in front of him. We have to find out what's wrong here, Victor. I've been doing some looking around this afternoon. The people here, they're so happy despite the whole town looking like a wreck. And the tree, something's wrong with it. Victor looked at the boy hard for a minute, then took a mouthful from his foaming mug. He set it down on the small table that stood between them. Trip leaned forward as Victor began to talk quietly. I've been doing me own information gathering, boy. You hear more in an inn than you'd think. The drink, it loosens tongues. Trip felt his face light up into a grin, then checked himself as Victor frowned. Been hearing people either happy about the way things are, or not mentioning it. He leant back and drummed his fingers on the arm of the chair. Perhaps we could... 
He broke off suddenly, holding a hand up for silence. Then Trip heard it too, a bell tolling, muffled as though heard through layers of fabric. The effect on the other two people in the bar was instant. They both jerked upright, then started to move towards the door as one. Just before he left, the barman turned and spoke to Trip and Victor. Have a good evening, gents. Without waiting for a response, he closed the door. The key turned in the lock. Trip closed his eyes, reviewing his memory of the day at lightning pace. The bell continued to softly sound, then stopped. The entrance to the church, wooden door squeaking slightly on its hinges as he pushes it open, walks on through the tiny porch, slightly out of place, the brass bell on the wall, some sort of image engraved on it. He opened his eyes. They've gone to the church. There's a bell hung just inside the front entrance. Come on, Victor said, rising smoothly to his feet. He plucked his sword up from where it was leaning against the chair and strode towards the nearest window. Ain't never been locked into an inn before, lad. Locked other things out. Never other way around. He undid the catch on the window. Easily solved, though. He climbed out, looked around and smiled grimly. Come in. Trip took a deep breath and followed. Outside, all was still. The moon was high and full, outlining everything in silver. Every house they passed was dark except for the large building ahead. Light was spilling from the door of the church onto the last couple of figures walking in. Trip followed Victor as he walked stealthily over to the church building and pressed himself carefully against the wall before peering into the doorway. Being careful not to let the light fall onto him, Trip snatched a glance through the door. Father Liam was by the tree, perfectly framed by a pair of columns that stood either side of the small stage to the front. He was walking back and forth, his hands making gathering motions as people pressed closer to him. Every aisle was packed with people, all of them swaying slightly from side to side. Victor whistled softly. Whole town must be here. This a normal time to gather, boy. Tripp shook his head and crept up to a window for a better look. The heavy leaded glass distorted the image slightly but as he moved his head back and forth, Trip could see the scene inside. "'My friends,' Father Liam was saying, "'it's so good to see you all here again. "'Not, of course, that any of you would miss this.' He smiled. "'I know that it's something you need.' He paused for a moment, then went on. "'Let us go straight to business, my followers. "'I call for the first offering.' Immediately the entire crowd surged towards the front of the church, Father Liam held his hands up and all movement stopped. Then he pointed. You there. Come here. It was the cloaked person from the bar. He moved through the crowd, removing his hood as he did so. He had ginger hair, cropped short to his head, freckles covering his thin face. The cloak moved back as he walked, revealing brown leather armour and sturdy boots. He stopped in front of Father Liam and knelt. Give of yourself, the priest ordered. The man nodded and put out both his hands. Trip heard Victor breathe in sharply. Silver hand. What? The gauntlet boy, look. Trip looked again through the window, and sure enough, the kneeling man was wearing an ornate silvered gauntlet on his right hand. Normally a problem. They're assassins. But this one don't seem in his right mind, Victor murmured. The priest drew a dagger from behind his back and showed the blade to all. An appreciative sigh came from his audience as he took the man's bare hand in his own, then swiftly drew the knife across his palm. Blood welled almost immediately, and the man stood, a fierce grin on his face. He stepped forward and pressed his hand to the tree's trunk, then stepped away. Trip could only watch in astonishment as the blood smeared across the tree trunk, bubbled, then vanished.
Something black fell out of the tree, and quick as a flash, the man snatched it up and ate it. He doubled up, then howled and began to tear at his cloak. I am reborn, he shouted, then turned and ran out of the church, laughing maniacally. Tripp and Victor only just had enough time to flatten themselves against the wall as the man ran out and immediately began to kick his way through the nearest wooden door. Inside, Father Liam was quickly working his way through the entire congregation. At a rate of about one every five seconds, men and women flooded out of the church. Tripp stared up at Victor, but the man's face was set into a mask of anger, his eyes cold. A woman came out, already tearing at her dress, only to be set upon by a band of four men. She was carried, half struggling and half screaming with laughter, off into the night. A group of children came out all at once, snatched up broken bits of chair from the floor, and dashed away, giggling. There was a long pause in people coming out of the church, and Victor, pressing Tripp back against the wall with one hand, risked a look in. Tripp could only look out at the devastation being wrought by the villagers on their own property. Men, women and children, howling and screaming, their faces disfigured into wild animal expressions. All clear, Victor said, and went into the church, dragging Tripp after him. Mind still reeling from the scene outside, Tripp allowed himself to be pulled up the aisle and barely noticed when Victor released his grip. We have a problem, Victor muttered, looking around carefully. Tripp shook his head and finally focused on the upset pews, piles of ragged clothing scattered around and tools or pieces of wood thrown down. The church was completely silent. Tripp looked around, suddenly afraid that they were being watched or that someone was waiting to ambush them. Then he realised what was missing. He turned to Victor with wide eyes. Where's Father Liam? 